On this podcast, you will hear real stories from real people for God's glory and your good. We love to connect you with people you may be very familiar with and people you've never heard of before. We all have a story and we believe there is power in telling them and in listening to them. We are your hosts, Emily and Beth Ann. And this is the Glory Tellers Podcast. Welcome back to the Glory Tellers Podcast. Emily here with Beth Ann, and we are so excited to share about something that is local to our area. Baya Corporation, founded by Tish Frederick in May of 2014, or Beautiful As You Are, was birthed out of a fragile time in her own family. It is a nonprofit organization that was created to give a safe place to the girls who never fit in and are always looked at as different. They are a safe place for girls to talk and participate in fun, interactive, self-esteem building activities while having fun with other girls. Baya consists of a local learning center in Clarksville, Indiana, that offers weekly empowerment workshops, along with yoga, modern dance, tap, art activities, DIY projects, and step classes at no charge. We are really, really excited to learn more about Baya and its founder today. So welcome, Tish. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to share about Baya. Yes, and we have a mutual friend, um, Haley Christensen, actually virtually introduced us and mm-hmm. we found out about Bea and emailed you that night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's just first find out about you. Who is Tish? Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your family. Are you married? Do you have kids, hobbies, Ooh. things like that? Sure. So no one hears about Tish anymore since I founded Bea. So thank you so much for asking. Yes. Um, I am a mom of three children. I call them children, but my oldest is 26. My daughter, who I founded Bea for, is 21. And then my youngest is 18. And I have been married for uh, 25 years. And uh, we live in New Albany, of course. And before I was a founder of a nonprofit, I actually did collections for hospitals. So patients that didn't pay, that was my job. So I'm really far from what my training was in. (laughs) And I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. I forgot to share that. So I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. And we relocated from Detroit to Green Bay, Wisconsin, from Green Bay, Wisconsin to Evansville, Indiana. And then we landed here in New Albany, Indiana. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, is actually located, your only location is Clarksville, Indiana, correct? Correct. So we are a Louisville, uh, sorry, a Kentucky nonprofit, but we do business in Southern Indiana and Clarksville because we have a great partnership with Green Tree Mall. So that's why we do business on both sides of the bridge. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, um, you mentioned that this started for your daughter. We'd love Mm -hmm. to hear how Bea started, why it started, and just a little bit about what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So when we moved to New Albany, um, my daughter had a very hard time fitting in with friends. So she was in uh, elementary school and she just had a really hard time fitting in. Um, She would come home and she would cry, but we really didn't understand why. Um, By middle school, she had began self-harming and she eventually tried to take her life. And it was because she was being bullied relentlessly. And I always call it it was like mental assassination. Like they wanted her to take her life. I think somebody even told that, said that to her, Um, Mm -hmm. but she just was a self-harmer. And so we eventually um, had her hospitalized. And when we got her out of the hospital, we couldn't find a support group for her. We couldn't find, and there's lots of good girls programs out there, but I wanted one that was consistent, that always operated in excellence, and that would teach her how to cope with stress in a positive way and like regularly. And we could not find anything like that. 
And so I was sitting at work one day and I was crying my eyes out because I, you know, as a mom, you feel like you've broken your daughter. And I just want her to know that she was beautiful as she was, that she could be strong and that she could be confident. And even with her flaws and the things she didn't like about herself, that she could just be beautifully broken. And so I start writing down everything I wanted in a girl's program. And by the time I got done, my desk was covered with index cards. So I took all those index cards home and I presented it to my family and I said, hey, I want to start this girls program for Jasmine. And we never thought that from that it would grow from seven girls in 2014 to over 500 girls being touched since 2014. But it was just originally started for her just to teach her how to love herself unconditionally. Oh, my gosh. It just gives me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, I seriously just got goosebumps like 10 times. I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Oh, and I just hear just the love that you have for your daughter and that that has turned into love for all of these other daughters of other people and that you want them to feel loved and beautiful. And what an amazing thing to do in your life. I mean, I think that everyone always hopes that you, you find something to do. You find something that fills you and is meaningful and is impactful and it's just hard to execute it. And so have these ideas in their minds and um, taking something like this, that's so vulnerable with your family that you knew was going to help people. I'm sure now looking back, it's like, wow, what a journey, but how amazing this is. I just love so much. (laughs) So you you have a physical location in Clarksville that we talked about. Um, What can you kind of tell us the things that you offer for locals? So anyone listening that may, Mm -hmm have a daughter that would fill this, that would be interested in Baya? Yeah, sure. So right now we're actually finishing up our summer camp. So every year we do, well, we've only been there for two years, but we do a six week summer camp, which I like to call a boot camp, where it's like intense self-esteem building every single day for eight hours a day. It's journaling. We teach them coping techniques because we all feel stressed, but then how do you cope with that? Um, And then we do fun things like we have a sewing class. We had a um, knitting class. We've done dance. We did salsa dancing, which they loved. Um, We do yoga all the time, yoga, mindfulness activities, uh, meditation. We just did a meditation on forgiveness and how to forgive yourself and forgive others. And then it was just like a beautiful meditation. Um, We do stuff like that every single day. Um, And then just lots of fun workouts and team building. I'm really big on team building because a lot of times, and this is what even started our program, is out of jealousy, instead of girls loving each other and encouraging other, we pick on each other, we pick apart our flaws, and we're mean. So what I've really focused on this year is team building. How are we building this sisterhood? How are we encouraging our sister, even if she is better than us in something? It's okay to cheer for our sister. So that's a really big part of our camp this year. Um, Outside of our camp, we do um, regular programming, which is on Saturday. So we service girls ages 6 to 18. And we see girls that are ages 6 to 11 from 1030 to 2 every Saturday. And then our teenagers that are ages 12, to, or tweens and teens, ages 12 to 18, we see them every Saturday from 2.30 to 5.30. And that's our regular core programming is every single Saturday. And then in between that, we have a um, teen leadership class. It's a John Maxwell iLead program that we do. Um, and we in partnership with Gifted by Design. And they come in and teach kids the importance of being a leader in a time when it's not really cool to be a leader. You want to be a follower. We teach them how to be leaders 
We do lots of entrepreneurship classes, career fairs. There's all kinds of different activities in there because part of our mission is to teach kids how to be better leaders, entrepreneurs, and servants with high self-esteem and purpose. So we try to wrap all of that into all of our programming every year. That was a lot. (laughs) Wow. I mean, wow. And I mean, trying to like put myself in their shoes, these girls are coming into the building and realizing they're not alone. Exactly. That is so important. That's the first thing we tell like people when they first join, I always say we're all broken. Mm -hmm. Everybody's here because we're broken. And even if you think you're perfect, you're probably the one that's more broken than anybody else. And they love when I say they laugh, like, how do you know? I'm like, because we're all broken in some way. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of gets rid of the judgment. And I always say, if you work the program, the program works for you, just like AA or any other program. Mm. If you come in here and you practice the life skills that we're giving you and you practice the self-love and the self-care and the self-reflection every single day, it becomes habit. Mm. And the girls that really do it and dig in, like you can see them evolve and change. And it's just such a beautiful thing. I loved when you said beautifully broken. Yeah. If that is not all of us. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I love how you, you know, have identified these specific pain points that we all probably are all familiar to us um, with these age groups and address each of those. I want to go. I know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we have so many moms that say they want to be like, they'll walk into the Bayer Center and they get so emotional and, and just overwhelmed after they walk through because we have what's called a decompression room. Mm-hmm. And so in that room, there's massage chairs, there's salt lamps, there's aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. And that room is simply for the kids to learn how to just breathe and relax and know that life is stressful. But when you come in here, you just leave it all outside and you just woosah and you just relax. Mm-hmm. And like parents will come in there and just get so overwhelmed because they needed that when they were a child. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very special place. Yes. Um, actually, Haley mentioned that, like the relaxation space and different <laughs> yes for different needs and different kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there any other specific spaces in your building like that? No, we only have two big rooms. So that um, the one big room is where we do all of our main programming and then the decompression room is just set aside and they actually have 30 minutes of mandatory decompression Mm -hmm. every Saturday. So we make them go in there when they get, whether they want to or not, you have to go in there, sit down and be quiet. (laughs) Oh, you take away their- yeah. <laughs> well, we, you know, we're going to start that in the fall Yeah. because for them, relaxation is scrolling through their phone on TikTok. And to me, that's not relaxation. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a second. We've got some questions. <laughs> so, okay. Outside of the building, do you have any kind of role in schools? Like, are you um, recruiting girls at school? <laughs> are you sharing yeah. out Bea in school? How, tell me a yeah. little So pre-COVID, COVID COVID has kind of messed up my flow, but pre-COVID, we were in nine JCPS schools. We were in all the boys and girls clubs with our program and then the Cabbage Patch Settlement House in Louisville. And then when COVID happened, we tried to continue it virtually, but then it just, it didn't work. Kids were tired of virtual. So since we've reopened and we have our own center, because the center opened during COVID, now we're only in one JCPS school and then we're still in the Cabbage Patch because that's the first place that ever believed in our program, which is we love the Cabbage Patch. Um, and then we just um, did a partnership with New Albany Housing Authority. So the Bayer program will be in all their community centers, providing programming for the girls in those community centers. And then we're also in um, S. Ellen Jones in New Albany. And then we're also um, 
We just partnered with Big Brothers Big Sisters, which is such a huge partnership Mm -hmm. because Big Brothers Big Sisters will be using the Bayes Center as their waiting space. So they have so many kids, especially African-American boys and girls who are on their list, who are waiting for a big. And while they're waiting, there is no support. So now Bayes will be their support. They'll be able to come in there and get all the Bayes programming while they wait to be paired with someone. So I'm really excited about that partnership. That is incredible. And do you do any kind of classes for boys too, or is right now the focus just on the girls? We do. The parents have forced me to do that. It's so (laughs) out of my comfort zone, but um, a lot of the parents want boys. They have sons and they say, well, my boy needs the same thing my daughter's getting. Right. So um, Alex elementary in Louisville pressured me first to do it. So we did it all fall with them this last year and the boys loved it. And we just started a program called men of destiny mod squad and they meet once a month at the Bay of center. So they'll start meeting up again in the fall in August. And my husband actually runs that program for me. And they do, they really focus on self-esteem, but then also STEM. So um, forgot what it stands for, but the STEM stuff, the technology and all that. That's what my husband does. And so they do robotics and different fun activities. They go on fishing trips and, you know, talk about guy stuff. (laughs) I love that. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. You are a gem. And it's really new. So we're trying to, like he said, I need to come in there every Saturday like you. And I'm like, well, no, you can't do that because you have to grow your program first. (laughs) So we're just trying to kind of grow it and get the boys interested and excited as the girls are. That is amazing. Amazing. Um, So on on our podcast, we um, say that we share stories for God's glory and the good of others and we're really big on, you know, the impact that sharing stories can make. Um, so we're wondering if there is maybe a transformation story that sticks out to you that you could share um, anonymously, of course. Absolutely. I have one of my favorite stories. So since I opened the Bay Center last year, or not last year, was it last year? We're two years old. So when we opened the center, Um, This young lady came to the center with her mom and she did not want to be there at all. She was angry. She had been um, bullied so bad. Um, She had changed school, I believe, twice. And um, she tried to take her life during the pandemic when everything was shut down. And her mom said, you know, please help me. I know that you can't open right now because of, you know, you have to be shut down, but please do something to help her. And so I gave her a key to my center and I said, listen, we can't open, but what you can do for me, because she's a wonderful artist. I said, go in my decompression room and just make a mural on the wall and just take your time and paint and have fun. So every day she would go up there and she just paint and the wall is beautiful. You have to go on our website. I think it's on the website to see it, but she made a beautiful mural on the wall. The tree actually glows in the dark when the lights are out, the leaves twinkle from the um, glow in the dark paint that she used. And her mom told me that was like a turning point for her where she started believing in her art because she was told by one of her teachers that she was a terrible artist and that she was too slow and that she would never be anything. And by us letting her do that, she was able to see her artwork on the wall. Well, now fast forward, she is 17. She actually is one of my employees. She works at Bea um, during our summer camp as a counselor. And then she also has her own store that she owns in Green Tree Mall, where she makes her T-shirts and her artwork and her jewelry. And she sells that. And when I say her self-esteem has gone from zero to 100, I am so proud of her. So, so proud of her. But she is. And there's so many stories like hers. But like hers sticks out to me because she was there with me when I opened the doors of the Bea Center. Mm -hmm. Wow. What a transformation story. Yeah. Yeah. 
giving someone the opportunity to use their gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. A difference that can make. And that's all these kids are looking for. You know, they have so many gifts and talents. That's why for us, entrepreneurship is huge because if you can learn um, like what your skill is and what you're good at or whatever your hobby is and then make money with that, it builds your self-esteem so much. So that's why it's such a huge part of what we do. Mm. You know, listening to that and just like the plea of the mother, I think that a lot of the people uh, listening are obviously parents and have probably thought in their head at some time, like, how can I help my child? Maybe right. it's something that's so far that they just don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. So based on your experience, this was something that I really wanted to ask you. What do you wish parents knew? Like, what do you wish they knew about their kids' lives or something that you have noticed with the kids that come into the center? Um, mm-hmm. it ha- said something have they said something like we wish our parents knew this <laughs> you know and you know it always goes back to me and my daughter and I always use our story to, to try to help other families because with my daughter being bullied at school I feel like when she came home home should have been her safe space but for me I was her biggest bully because I didn't understand why she was self-harming and why she was crying all the time to me it appeared as weakness Um, As Black women, we're strong and we're powerful. Why are you crying all the time? Why would you hurt yourself? And so, so many moms do the same thing that I do. And they argue with their daughters and they're beating up their kids, not not physically, but mentally and emotionally. Or you tell them, you're not that way. You're this way. You're trying to put what you want you to be on your children. And that makes so much pressure on our kids. Mm -hmm. And I always have to say it like as a transparent moment, as a mom, I thought I was doing a good job. I didn't know. But now that my daughter speaks to me candidly, it's like, mom, you used to really beat me up emotionally and hurt me. And you would make everything worse when I got home. I now tell parents the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, take it easy on your kids. Be their safe space. Don't try to put what you want them to be on them. Let them just be and explore. They'll figure it out. You know, definitely give them advice if they ask, but if they don't ask, you know, just kind of be there as a sounding board for your child. And that's huge. And it's very difficult for parents to hear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Tish, you don't know. I'm like, I do know. Like I was my daughter's biggest bully. Please listen to me, hear me, just allow your child to be and to live because sometimes that pressure is what breaks the kids. It really is. Mm, Yeah. I can see that that is some incredible wisdom. And it also makes me think that it is probably pretty important, I would think, for parents to be healing from their own childhood wounds. Yes, yes. And work on themselves to be able to be regulated. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know just, you know, my own personal parenting experience, when my kids have big feelings, like sometimes that stresses me out, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) um, You know, I just want them to be happy. So I, you know, because Mm -hmm. My, my uh, feelings sometimes are dependent on theirs and that's not good. So. I know. And I think that was me was that as a mom, I just wanted her to be perfect. Like my, my boys were a handful anyway. So like, she was my hope, like she's going to be this. And then when she was broken, it's like, oh my gosh, like, am I just a terrible mom? Mm-hmm. And my husband didn't understand at all because he's a guy. And so a lot of that fell on me, like the emotional stuff fell on me. And it was just, it was really hard. It's really hard. But I had to apologize. And it was funny. We were listening to Red Table Talk, me and my daughter one day. um, And my daughter said, Mom, you know, you've never cried in front of me. I've never seen you cry. You always act so strong. 
And in that moment, I cried because I said, you know what? I said, I hurt. And I said, I just cry privately. I never show you. And she was like, mom, but I want to see that. Like you make me feel bad for crying because I look at you as like this strength. And I just want to know that you're normal because you seem like superhuman. <laughs> so it was just a really special moment for us. And now I tell other moms, show your kids your emotion. Like it's okay for them to know that you hurt and that you cry sometimes. It's okay. Like that's a good thing. It's healing. It's cleansing. Mm, yeah. I actually just listened to an, a podcast episode too just a couple days ago um, that was talking about, you know, as parents, moms and dads, um, you know, when you're at the dinner table, talk about the feelings that you had that day. Like I was really mm-hmm. scared or nervous when I had to give this presentation. Yes. Know how it turned out instead of just mm-hmm. how it turned out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It seems obvious, but it's not when, when yeah. you're really going through it. <laughs> when mm-hmm. you're childhood stuff, it kind of was a, light bulb moment for me because growing up we didn't you don't really talk about feelings like right even you know grandparents never even said like that they loved you it because it was awkward like you yes quick hug but that's all you know don't Mm -hmm. linger you know yes so then here we are parenting these kids and we're trying Mm -hmm. to be different so yeah I mean you would Mm -hmm. almost have to work on yourself before you can your kids Mm -hmm. that's so true that's what we're just learning we just did the um love languages mm-hmm. book but I did the teenage version so that the kids could figure out what their love language was and it was just so funny to see me and my daughters like mine is not hugging or touching because my family didn't do that mm-hmm. and my daughter is all about the hugging and the feeling mm-hmm. she loves affirmation where I could care less if you affirm me mm-hmm. but like we're so opposite but now that we know we can work together so we're going to actually give the parents the same test so that the kids leave knowing, okay, this is my parents' love language. Let me kind of meet them there. And then the parents are going to know their child because we're all so different. We've been raised different. Mm-hmm, so, right. Yeah. That's an awesome resource to pass mm-hmm. on. Um, so you mentioned uh, a bit ago when you were telling the story about the young lady who painted mm-hmm. the mural that that was kind of a turning point for her. And we were wondering, you know, when a kid is sad or depressed, lonely, um, and they start believing in themselves. Can you usually pinpoint that moment or is it like a process? Are there stages they have to go through first or what does that tend to look like? I think there's stages and I have to like kind of look at summer camp. We actually just posted a video on our um, group Facebook page because we had a young lady who was in our summer camp last year and she's in our summer camp this year. And last year she was extremely not, I won't say shy, but very private and didn't want to talk to anybody. And then this year she kind of came in the same way, but a little bit better. And so she asked last year, we we do a program at the end of our camp. So parents can kind of see what their child has learned for six weeks. So last year she didn't want to do anything. She was nervous. She didn't, she cared what people thought about her. I just don't want to do it. This year she asked if she could sing a solo. I said, yes, we put her up on the stage. She completely froze. She started crying because she felt everybody's looking at me. And it was a beautiful turning point because all her, and these, and these are older kids, they all got up and they start singing the song with her. You see her tears go away. Then all of a sudden she gets like super confident and she starts singing beautiful. She has a beautiful voice. And then this week, cause she's practicing again this week today, she sang. And I mean, she didn't need anybody up there and all this confidence came out. She started like performing. It's like, where'd all this come from? So mm-hmm. just to like see the growth just from last year to this year. And then from last week to this week, 
you can see it. And it's just a beautiful thing when you see their confidence go from zero to a hundred. And it's so visual. Like we have some girls that come to us with their head down and super depressed and always crying. And like after a few weeks, they're happy. They want to be there. They're excited. They love life. They love themselves. And you can see it. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. I love when I see girls like just bloom and blossom. I think that that just proves the point that we are just meant to live in community with each other. We are <laughs> hold each other up. Yes. Take care of each other mm-hmm. and each other's burdens. And so these girls are witnessing that maybe for the first time where they have yes. literal cheerleaders who are. Ab- in- yeah, that's, a, that's so, so true. Today was a, actually we went, we had a field mm-hmm. trip today and it rained and I was like, so sad, like, oh my God, it's raining. And there was such a beautiful moment because we had a few girls that are just like my outgoing girls. And so they went out in the rain and just start playing in the rain barefoot. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, the parking lot is full of teenage girls in the parking lot, turning <laughs> around the rain, playing Tweedly Lee with their hands with the, like, it was just a beautiful moment of sisterhood and encouraging. And they were like, we've never done that before. Mm-hmm. I said, I've never done that before. <laughs> You know, and it was just a beautiful moment. It really, really was. Oh, I can't wait to look at that video. <laughs> so let's let's back up a second and let's say that you are a parent listening to this and you're wondering if is what I'm noticing in my child something to be concerned about? Is there signs that people need to look for? I know it's going to vary from person to person and mm-hmm. different ways, but something that you've noticed that is a little bit more consistent across the board with kids that are experiencing depression or anxiety Mm -hmm. or behaviors to look out for. Yeah. They are usually very, very introverted. Like even if it's like my daughter was very outgoing and all of a sudden, like she just wouldn't talk to us. She was always in her room, lights off, always was dark in her room. If you asked her how she was doing, I'm fine. I'm good. Okay. Everything was short. There was, she never gave us anything. There were a lot of warning signs that we missed. And I tell parents to look like she would even kind of say, I'm depressed. And you think we would just blow it off. If your child says they're depressed, seek help immediately. Or we have girls that'll just say, I'm going to kill myself. And they'll say, parents will say, oh, they're just pretending or they're trying to get attention. No, you always take therapy is like my go-to for everything. Like Bay is a great resource but therapy is amazing. Look for those warning signs. I Googled um, warning signs for depression and all this information came up and it was like, oh my God, that's my daughter. Oh my God, that's my daughter. Like use the internet as your tool to see if your child fits into these different categories. There's tests out there that you can actually take that'll tell you if your child has anxiety or depression or just anything. There's so many things that are out there as resources for us. And sometimes out of fear, parents don't want to look. They don't want to know but I think it's better to know than to wait till it's too long and your child is self-harming or does attempt suicide. Like use the resources that are available to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I wish I had done that. <laughs> um, is there anything else you would like to share? Is there anything mm-hmm. we're missing? And then we'd also love to know where we can find you and connect people to Bea. No, I mean, that was all the information about the Bayer program. We are always growing and we love um, our new members. We love when people join um, our, I call it our community and our sisterhood. And we accept everybody. Like we accept all people, all races. We don't care. I tell the kids to leave everything at the door. We're in here for self-love. That's all that matters to me. I want you to love who you are, you know, whatever that is. Um, so anybody is welcome. And then to find us, you can go to our website, which is Bayacorp, B-A-Y-A-C-O-R-P.org. 
Um, you can also find us on Facebook. If you type in Bea, beautiful as you are, it should pop right up for you. And you can join our group page is more active than our actual business page. And then we just created a Bea Center page. So if you Facebook uh, Bea Center, it should come up. And we're on Instagram. I'm still kind of working on the Instagram page, mm -hmm. uh, but we are on Instagram also. Okay. Is there any kind of need or anything that our community could do to help support you right now? Is there any kind of fundraising that you're doing or a specific mm. that we could share out to the masses and ask for help? Absolutely. So the big fundraiser that's coming up is Give for Good Louisville. And that is in September, I believe it's September 5th. But that is the day that we ask the community to give any amount to us. And if they're on our Facebook group page or any of our different platforms, we'll have links out there for them to give. But we also have something called the Butterfly Society. And that's anybody that gives $25 or more a month they get a butterfly painted by one of our girls that we place on the wall in the center. So if you come in the center, the first thing you see is this big, beautiful wall that has butterflies of all of our donors that give monthly to us. And that's what actually keeps us going month to month. Wow. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, we always end the episodes with just some fun questions. And I had a question for you you do so much for these girls and you've got relaxation techniques and you're, you're giving them these outlets. I would like to know what Tish does for herself. Oh no, that's a terrible question. <laughs> how, how do you decompress? <laughs> I am terrible at decompressing. I am terrible at taking time for myself because I am always on the go. Mm -hmm. um, outside of, you know, the Bay Center, I have a son at home still who wrestles like full time. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to find time for myself. I'm trying to be intentional. So after camp is over, I am taking a month off from the Bay Center but I'll still be doing Bay of Stuff. Um, one thing I really love to do and I need to find time for more is I love floating. It's very relaxing. Um, I go to the Sakino Spa in um, New Albany and I just lay and I float and it's relaxing to me in total darkness. Is that the salt? And Yes. Yes. Okay. It is wonderful. And it's so real. I don't do it enough. I need to have a membership. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's amazing. Yeah. It's by the salt cave, I think. Right. Yeah, it's called it's called Sakina Float Center in Salt Cave. Yeah, but it's, it's a building, but it's just it's so relaxing, and people don't realize like it relaxes your joints and your back. And I carry so much tension because you know, my kids put a lot on me. Right. So that's something that I actually need to intentionally make more time for. So thank you for asking me that because that's <laughs> something that I need. I teach it, but I definitely don't practice it. <laughs> We're gonna hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure that we share about Give for Good. I'm going to put that in the calendar so that we can share. Okay. And the butterflies. I mean, that's so creative. I love it. So yeah. if anyone wants to be a monthly partner with them, we're going to put that in our show notes so that you know exactly where to go and support these girls. But I just want to thank you so much for sharing with us and telling us stories and telling us how the locals can be involved. It's a, such an amazing organization and I'm glad that we were able to interview you and tell everyone about it. So yes, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Tish. It was so nice to meet you virtually and maybe one day here in person. Yeah. Stop by anytime, anytime. You're welcome. All right. We, we just might do that. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good rest of your night. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the show today. We hope that you have been encouraged by the story you just heard. 
If you thought of someone that would benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Please subscribe to, review, and share our podcast. Do you or someone that you know have a story that we could share? Send us a message at glorytellerspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, don't forget to check the show notes for more resources. Thank you.